What's up, everybody? It's your boy Antoine TV2, the host of Organized Mess, and I'm back with a brand new episode for y'all today. Hope everybody's having a great day out there. Hope everybody's chilling. Hope everybody's just gonna have a great work week as well, too. So, like in each and every episode, I got a banger of an episode for y'all. I got a banger of topics to talk about. And like each and every episode, you already know how this goes. Grab your popcorn, grab your drinks. Go grab somewhere comfortable to sit, and let's get right in today's episode, you feel me? So, first topic we have on the list on why I feel like Damien Priest deserves to be Mr. Money in the Bank, or aka Senior Money in the Bank, as we call it right now. So, Damien Priest, bruh, and let's get, we're gonna go back to NXT days, but we're leading up to... How they are, how they were now, this like last night for, uh, on NXT. So, Damien Priest, man, well, I, when I, I think I was watching a little bit of NXT at this time, but I wasn't really fully invested in NXT like I am now. And there was a couple people I was looking at around that time Champa, Undisputed Era, Cole, uh, Adam Cole, uh, Damien Priest, and a few others as well, too. Um, and Damien Priest is like, when the big man at that time stand out to me because he was dominant in the ring. He was good on the mic. He's not as great as he is now, but he was good on the mic. He performed well in the ring, and everything about him was, was really good. And I remember at that time, he was the NXT North American champion. And I think he lost it to Gargano, and then Gargano lost it to Leon Ruff. And then it was like a triple threat match for the, for the North American title between, obviously, Ruff, Gargano, and Priest. And after a while, I mean, Gargano got the win, but, you know, Priest still did really outstanding during that match as well, too. And after a while, he did a couple matches after that. Then he got up to the main roster, on, and he was on Raw. And he's been on Raw ever since then. And, like, I remember my boy Damien Priest, um... He was United States champion. I think he dethroned Sheamus, if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken. And then he was the United States champion for a minute. And then Finn Balor like, beat, like, beat Damien, and that was really good. And I remember Damien and Finn had like a few going on. For, and then I think it was he was supposed to get back his uh, United States championship, but they never really pulled through with, with it all the way, which is weird. And then after a while... Damien Priest did some other matches, you know, a little bit of win, a little bit of loses, and then after that, he sided with Edge to be part of a new faction called the Judgment Day, and after that, Rhea Ripley joined, and then Finn joined, Finn turned on Edge, and then you already know how that went, and ever since then, ever since it was Finn, Rhea, and then Dominic was added to the picture, along with, like, you know, Damien also being there, Judgment Day has been dominant, this dude has been dominant, and... Um, he had, like, a couple, like, championship matches after that. I remember he had one when it was, um, the Elimination Chamber match for the United States title when it was him, Gargano, Reed, Seth, uh, Montez Ford, I think someone else as well, too. And that match was fire. I mean, Priest did hold his own in, throughout his entire match, throughout the entire match, but he did really well, even though he did get eliminated, like, I think... It was way early on during that match. And then fast forward to the best match on the list for this man, in my opinion, when it was Bad Bunny versus Damon Priest in a San Juan 
like when a San Juan street fight at Backlash in San Juan, Puerto Rico. That match was so fucking flamed, bro. Like if if you have not watched that match, go go to WWE on Peacock and go watch that match at Backlash because that match was insane, fucking crazy. Like Damian Priest entrance, Bad Bunny's entrance, the way um, the way they just both wrestled and clashed with each other. When Damian Priest literally did a sunset, like I think I, I forgot what type of move it wasn't really sunset dive or sunset flip. But I forgot what move he did, and then he put fucking Bad Bunny through a table, and Bad Bunny was spazzing out and fucking shit, and like literally he, we thought he was like fucking done for. And after a while, Bad Bunny injured his foot, and this man Damian Priest was wrestling the rest of the match on one leg, hopping on one leg the rest of the match. And if that's not good, bro, I don't know fucking what is, bro, because that match was fucking fantastic, bro. Fantastic. In my, in my in my opinion, that match should have been the fucking last match at Backlash, but it wasn't. But you know, is what it is. Bygones be bygones. And then leading up to Money in the Bank, now Duke qualified them for the uh, Money in the Bank ladder match. I forgot who he faced to qualify for the match. And then, and then after that, man. Oh my gosh, that match at Money in the Bank was so fucking god tier, bro. And I mean, goddamn god tier. I think. Um, it was a spot where he, it was either Ricochet or um, or Logan Paul. And then he basically, they did a uh, sprog splash on a Damien Priest on the ladder. That was flames. And there's, there's, and out of everything, we thought that, you know, LA Knight was going to win that, you know, briefcase. But no, 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 no. Damien Priest came out of nowhere and it made, made LA Knight go night-night. Like, oh, God. He made LA Knight go night-night. And he and WWE pulled pulled the audible to have Damien Priest become Mr. Money in the Bank, aka Senior Money in the Bank. And this pushed Damien Priest to way to the fucking top, bro. Cause not only this man is a big time fucking WWE wrestler, bro. He has held, he is holding a weapon right now. He's holding a big ass threat to the men's locker room from NXT, Raw, and goddamn SmackDown, bro. A threat that, uh, for a high price that he will cash in on either fucking Finn or lose that briefcase. Cause right now. They have that entire time. They have that entire briefcase wrapped like revolving around Damian Priest right now. And I remember, if you remember what happened at Money in the Bank after, like later on, like before that Roman and Solo versus Usos Bloodline Civil War match, they had Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship. And we thought that Finn was gonna win, but oh, lo and behold, Damian Priest comes walking out. Like to the to the arena, well not the arena, but walking out to the match. Like, uh, but no, he had no ref. He wasn't running. He was just walking and walking slowly and pacefully to to the match, to the to the ring, and he was teasing a cash in. We all knew he was teasing the cash in, cause we he was looking. He was looking at like Finn. He was looking at Seth. Grabbed a chair, sat his happy ass down. He didn't. He just he was observing and looking. And after that, we saw Finn. Finn was looking at bro. What the fuck are you doing here, bro? What the hell are you doing here? But he didn't say shit, bro. And right when Finn got on that top belt, uh, on that top uh, rope buckle, and then Damien was literally getting up, walking to the ring. Finn was looking at this man like, bro, what the fuck are you doing right now? 
What are you doing right now, Damien? What are you doing? You are costing me this match. And just like he did, Damien cost Finn the match. And Seth Rollins retained the World Heavyweight title. And we had a big-ass fighting scene, argument scene between Finn and Damien. And we all really wonder, like, bruh, it's going to be a matter of time before Damien Priest turns on Finn. And the entire Judgment Day, bruh. He's going to turn on Finn regardless. And then I remember after that, like, when it was Monday Night Raw, um, it was Dirty Dom versus, uh, versus Seth Rollins in a non-title match. And... Obviously, right when uh, Damien Priest basically like disqualified disqualified uh, uh, Dominic Mysterio in the match, and then they start whooping this man's ass, like whooping fucking Seth Rollins' ass to the point he can't walk no more. And then after that, Dom said, "Bro, fuck it, bro. Here's a briefcase. Cash in on this nigga right now. Cash in on fucking." On fucking Seth right now. He was about to do it. And then Finn comes out of fucking nowhere. Wipes out. Like, and then fucking wipes out, like, Damien Priest. And then you see fucking Finn brother going ham. Going ham on fucking Seth Rollins and shit. And then after a while, we see a big-ass fight between Damien and fucking Finn. Again, for the second time in a row. Them not communicating. Them not being on the same page. And we're like, bro, I like this shit. They keep fighting. They don't have, they can't hash out their differences because Finn has that money in the bank briefcase. They're acting like fucking children at this point. If they end, bruh, it's just, it, it's so fucking fire, bruh. It looks so flames, bruh, because this man right now, looking like a menace to society, bruh, is getting pissed the fuck off right now. Because Finn is not done with Seth, and he wants Seth all to himself. Damien looks like he was going to cash in on fucking Seth when Finn clearly said, fuck, do not cash in on Seth, bruh. I want Seth to my fucking self. I want Seth to myself. Do not cash in on this man. And then the tides keep turning. They keep bumping heads. And like I said, it's only a matter of time before Finn either whacks the fuck out of Damien or Damien whacks the fuck out of Finn. There's no right or wrong at this point. Someone's going to get whacked in this position. And it ain't gonna be fucking, and it ain't gonna be Damon. It's probably gonna be Finn. And right now, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, we're just waiting for Damon Priest to turn on Finn. We're just waiting for Damon Priest to turn, like, face at the moment, bruh, and be like, bruh, fuck it. I'm done with the Judgment Day. I'm done with y'all. But it didn't really happen, like, later, like, on Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw, I remember uh, they faced, uh, set, like, Sami Zayn. Kevin Owens and um, Seth Rollins in a six-man tag team match. And Judgment Day came out on top. They um, they beat, obviously, Seth, I mean, Seth, uh, Sammy, and Kevin. Um, and then they went on NXT, and then they had a tag team match when it was Finn Balor and um, Finn Balor and Damian Priest versus uh, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. And that match, and that main event match was good. It was not as great as Dragunov and like and Breaker, but that match was like second best on that list. And that match was really good. And then obviously like Dom being Dom and being on some bullshit ass shit. And then obviously we seen fucking Rhea cheating with 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 a uh, Damian Priest. And then Dragunov got involved. He said, "Bro, he ain't doing this shit." And then fucking and then Carmelo Hayes hit the fuck out of Dragunov. And then he basically cost himself the match, or Dragunov cost him the match, I'm guessing. And then, obviously, they beat Trick Williams 
and and Carmelo Hayes and shit. And now they're and and shit. Judgment Day is looking crazy right now, man. Crazy. And just like Damon said to himself, he could cash in on anybody. And I mean anybody. He said he can cash in on Drew uh oh, sorry, on um Gunther and become an IC champion. He can get his United States title back from Austin Theory. He said he can go in after Roman Reigns or the World Heavyweight title for Seth Rollins. And we all know he can come he can come after three other four titles. Actually, not even, bro. Maybe like two of the four. Because we all know that Finn is not being Seth for a second time in a row. That's not happening. We all know he ain't really going to get past the Tribal Chief. Because unless, so, like, as, as long as Solo is there, right next to Roman, he ain't getting past fucking Roman. He ain't going to fucking even pin Roman. Not let alone cash in his Money in the Bay briefcase on Roman. And if he does, Solo's going to get involved. Solo's going to probably Simone and Spike fucking Damien. He's going to lose his briefcase. And man, we're gonna be like, that's a pointless fucking cashier for what? Everybody's gonna be roasting fucking Damon till the day he fucking dies. So, and obviously, we don't want him to become United States Championship champion no more because we've already seen that. And obviously, no one can really beat Gunther at the moment. So, even if he try to beat Gunther, he's gonna have to cheat very high, like very hard and very heavy to become an Intercontinental title and dethrone Gunther. We all, so we all know that's not happening. So, the only thing for his is him to wait is to wait on Finn when he's let when he's the most vulnerable has nobody around and do dirt on this man to the point this man can't walk anymore and then cash in on Finn and then become world heavyweight champion that's the only thing I could see it because you're not gonna you're not gonna be you're not gonna be Gunther you're definitely not gonna be Roman Austin there I can see you beating and then the only way you're gonna cash in on Rollins if, if Finn has it and you cash in on him, or Rollins so banged up to the point that you cash in on Rollins and you beat Rollins. That's your only two options right there. But besides that, the the implosion of Judgment Day is upon us. It's only a matter of time before Damian Priest becomes a face. It's only a matter of time before Finn Balor is hates fucking hates fucking Damian to the point they're not gonna be friends no more. It's only a matter of time before Rhea is tied with the bullshit and Dom is just be like, fuck this, bro. I'm done with this shit. So, like I said, this is this is good for Damien. Story-wise, builds up more of his character. Um, see how he, like, how the story Dom, like, revolves around him with that briefcase in his hand. And we're just, and also the implosion of the Judgment Day, which is going to happen sooner than later. So... I'm I like I'm curious of what they're gonna do with Damon, with Judgment Day, with Finn most importantly, because Finn is not on good terms with Damon at the moment, even though they were good tones on Monday, even though they're good terms last night on NXT. But anything can happen, bro. And I mean anything can happen, especially being Mr. Money in the Bank and part of a dominant faction like the Judgment Day. I'm just saying. Now, next thing I wanna talk about. Is Austin Theory, bro? And bro, Austin Theory, he can be good, bro. Austin Theory can be a good wrestler. The problem is with Theory, bro. He has no gimmick. I think that's the problem. You try to have him as this like weird ass, you know. I won't say weird, but more like a dominant heel. When this man is more like a coward than anything, man. I mean, when he first came into when he was first in the WWE NXT, he was a goofball, bro. He was a goofball. 
And he, but he was good though. He was good in NXT. Everybody loved him. He was not over, but he was like very much liked on NXT. And he was a goofy. He had a goofy side. And then when he went to um, when he went to the main roster, when Vince McMahon handpicked like Theory, Theory was the next protege, like John Cena 2.0 type protege. And that did well because he was the man taking selfies. He was not. He was. He was serious, but also a little bit goofy at the same time. But he had still had a gimmick. Now it's like you revamped him, but now it's like you revamped him because we thought he was gonna get better, revamped. But it just got significantly worse for this man. Like uh, yes, they changed out his theme. The theme is better than before, but there's no gimmick. There's no character behind theory, and that's the fucking problem. There's no theory. There's no like. Nothing with Theory, and plus John Cena. If we all that we all thought that match was going to be a banger because it was John Cena versus Theory. We all know how that match was, and that shit was dog water garbage. And that was the first match for WrestleMania for Night One. That shit was dog water garbage. That shit was fucking terrible. And and like, dude, like that? No, that that shit was fucking god awful to the point. Like, it was just ugh. It's like something I just don't want to remember. And in my mind, like, him, I mean, yeah, he's, like, he's, like, a very, like, he's been United States champion for a minute, bro, for a good minute, bro. And, I'm like, his United States championship run is boring, bro. And at this point, bro, it, it's time for him to give it up. It's time for him to, to move on to something different because, and probably change out the gimmick because it's, it's, it's just not, it's not hitting like it used to, bro. It's, it's not, like. But and this is before Vince McMahon got back into the picture, man. When it when it was like hitting, it was like hitting a little bit, but not a lot because he sucked on the mic. Like he was not that good. He's still not good that good on the mic. And his wrestling is like he makes everybody else do the work. He makes everybody else do the work, and then he comes in and then steals the win, and then walks out. It's still the United States champion, and it's just it's just not hitting like it used to be. It, it's definitely not hitting like it used to be. And it's it's just time for this man to to give up United States Championship, man. Like literally. And there's sources from Wrestling Republic that you know says this, bro. Austin Theory has had a great run with the United States Championship, showing that he can be a big star in the WWE. The 25-year-old has held the mid-card title for what feels like forever, a mid-card title that can that can help a younger star leap to the main event picture. However, you can start to make the argument now. It's time for him to drop the title. Theory's time with the title has been relatively good so far. The American has won the USA belt twice. His first reign lasted 75 days, and he won the belt on an episode of Raw in March of 2022. Theory won the belt back later that year at Survivor Series, and yet, and yet to lose this title. The current champion has a lot of great moments during his title run. An example of the moment is when he faced John Cena at WrestleMania. The match with Cena shows that WWE sees him as a future star. As previously stated, Theory is 25 years old. 25 years old, meaning there's a there is an ample time for him to grow as a performer. Due to Theory holding the belt for a while, he is likely to um, become stale. Furthermore, as time passes, the options for potential feuds decreases. Looking at the time between Backlash and Money in the Bank, there has there hasn't been much of the United States title on WWE television. If there were to have a new champion, it would open doors for new storylines. Then Theory would have faced the more uh, prominent names more regularly. Looking after, look, sorry, looking at the bigger picture, he potentially challenged for world titles. 
Furthermore, he could enter more prominent programs with the top wrestlers in the company. There are many options for, for a new United States champion, as there is a lot of great superstars in a mid-card picture. The first name that comes to mind is L.A. Knight. The megastar is over right now with audiences. Knight has proven that he has he has sorry that he can take the next step, and a mid-card title would be perfect. On the other hand, you will have superstars like Sheamus who can hold the belt until the next big thing comes along. Finally, you have Solo Sokoa, a, like who looks to be a big star once the bloodline storyline ends. He could take the belts, or he could take the belt. And I will say this, man: it's not that. It's not that like Theory is not a great wrestler. He's a very good wrestler in my opinion. He looks good in the ring, he looks good out the ring, and like he looks good all around. Just the problem with him is his character, his gimmick. The man has no gimmick. He looks stale from the outside. The man has no gimmick whatsoever. It doesn't look good on him at all. Like like nothing, man. Like you could like the promos is is all right. His ingring ability look is is good at best, not great but good. And like he doesn't really wrestle all that much. You don't like you see him in action when it truly matters. But after that, like there's there's a lot of stuff, bro. There's a, there's a lot of stuff you gotta think about when you're thinking about Austin Theory right now, man. Cause when it comes to Austin Theory, bro, he's a good wrestler. But I think he has a solid place in the mid-card title. But there's seven reasons. But there's a lot of reasons why his U.S. title run, his second U.S. title run, hasn't been hasn't really lived up to the hype anymore. And I feel like this is the reasons why he. I feel like he should drop it because one, he's overshadowed by Gunther's title run. So we all know Gunther has an amazing IC title run right now. No one can stop him. Even if you come very close to the throneless man, the dude just gives you a couple chops, gives you a good ass power run, and you're knocked out completely. But not only has he delivered uh, in the ring, he's delivered on the mic, and he's showed people why he's a dominant IC title, like I, why he's a dominant IC champion. And we can see it, bro. He's a dominant IC champion for a reason. And it's crazy to see how Imperium has gone to level from they are from NXT UK to now on the main roster. And it's not stopping anytime soon. Number two, Roman Reigns is the top heel right now besides Dominic Mysterio. Dominic Mysterio is a very dominant heel right now. Why? Because everybody hates this man. Roman Reigns is a dominant heel right now because one, he is the, you know, he's the undisputed world heavyweight, sorry, he's the undisputed universal champion. He's been a he's the thousand plus days ran on on both titles, and on top of that, he's the leader of the bloodline, and we all know the bloodline is the hottest thing right now with the whole storyline imploding with uh, like Solo with um with uh, the Usos going against Roman and Solo and the whole implosion like it's crazy right now with Roman. So that's another reason why he's not really get, getting that much of a shine. As Roman is on SmackDown, especially how over he is with the crowd and how people love him, how people hate him, and the boos and the yays, and it's just crazy right now for like Roman and and you know the rest or the remaining part of the bloodline. Number three, he isn't he isn't a good talker and mostly gets away with heat and there's little to no reaction at all, which is true. 
There's no reaction with him in the ring. When he's trying to cut great ponos, the people boo him. They don't care about him. They literally, John should expose him saying, like, they have to pay him fight, like, fake, like, crowd noises for him to be, like, somewhat, like, cheered because they really don't give two fucks about Theory at all. He's not really that good whatsoever. And he's just, he's just, eh. He's just mid. He's mid for a reason. Number four. People got tired of seeing him face Bobby, Seth, and Sheamus to the point, even though the matches were good. And he he faced Bobby Lashley so much times. He had shit with Seth so much times. And now he has fucking problems with Sheamus, bruh. It's the three main people. I have no problem with Sheamus, Seth, and fucking, and fucking Bobby right now. I don't. But he's just wrestling the same three people over and over and over again, you got people like Ricochet. You got people like L.A. Knight. You got people like like Santos Escobar. You got people like L.W.O. You got people like Karrion Cross. And the list goes on and on and on and on. You got new people that you can fight new feuds with, but you prefer to fight only these three people, which doesn't really make fucking sense in my opinion. Number five. Huh. Cena exposed the fuck out of this man to the point he exposed his ass to the point that people see that he's full of bullshit now that people don't want to take his ass seriously. They just don't. And the feud was so bad to that one that one promo from John Cena when he said, you're not ready, bro. You're not ready to face the backlash. Even if you win or lose, you lose everything. No one's going to care about you. No one's going to care about that title running away. And no one's going to care about you being around anybody. Which is true. And he, John Cena proved his point. Like, at before WrestleMania, after WrestleMania, up till now. He proved his point. No one gives a fuck about fucking theory at all. No one. Number five. Waller. Sorry. Grayson Waller. Santos. LA Knight. Grimes. Solo. Cross, Montez, and Butch are all better options for this dude. And one, all these people deserves the United States Championship. Everybody, including Cross and Montez, bro. They're the top people. L.A., L.A. Knight, Montez Ford, so, uh, and fucking Karen Cross are the top three people that deserves this title more than anybody else that just lifts off, bro. More than anybody. And that's new fuse right there. That will look so fucking clean. But but he doesn't want to do that shit, which is weird. Doesn't make sense, bro. You have new feuds, new people, fresh feuds. That's gonna look good on pay per view, and that's gonna go. And that's gonna look good on like televised SmackDown shows. But he doesn't want to do that, which is weird. Don't know why he doesn't want to do that. But bro, you gotta you're gonna have to switch up your people fast, or else it's just gonna it's just you're just gonna go downhill from there, bro. Oh God. Number seven, most young fans, like most young adults, are only only like him because of his looks, which is true. They only like this man because the way he looks in the ring, bro. Physique, you know, everything. Besides that, he has nothing else to offer besides his good looks, how he works out, everything like that. After that, everything is just mid-card to you just you suck type shit. It's just not that good, man. On top of that, the fans don't really, you know, the fans are ready for a new U.S. championship, man. But Triple H won't do it. And I understand, bro. Like, Triple H, before Vince came back in the picture, 
Triple H was revamping this dude, trying to make him look better because he never he never really liked the selfie him, you know, when he first came. And in my mind, I didn't really like the selfie shit either, but at the same time, he had a great gimmick that was working for him. So they should just stick with that, but they really didn't. And it just, it just didn't really look good from that point of view. And now that that gimmick is kind of gone from him, it's... He's just a random dude that has the United States Championship, and he's not really doing anything special with it. Like I said, no new feuds, no new characters, just him cutting the same goddamn promo week in, week out, and it just doesn't look good on him, and it's just hurting his character, like, gimmick-wise. It's hurting him completely. Like, it doesn't matter if you're the most dominant United States Champion. It doesn't matter if you held the United States Championship longer than Luther. You're not a good wrestler, bro. That's what people are trying to tell you. You're not a good wrestler. Until you revamp himself, until you have new opponents, bro, you're not you're never gonna be a good wrestler. At you know, you're never gonna be good at all. Number nine. He is overshadowed by the bloodline, Gunther, Cody, Brock, Judgment Day, Seth, Rollins, Logan Paul, etc. And that's true. He the bloodline's better than him, Gunther's better than him, Cody's better than him, we all know Brock is better than him, the Judgment Day faction is better than him, Seth Rollins. You know, as his world championship run is better than him. Logan Paul. There's so much other people that can list down the line that's better than this dude, bro. Everybody's better than this dude at this point. And it's sad. He can be on those people that be like, yo, he's good at this person. He's good like this person. He's good at this person. But none of... No, just none of, none of him... Like, all of them are on a diff- different level than the Theory. Everybody's on a different level than Theory. And Theory just sucks right now. He's, he's just garbage. And number 10, bro... He shouldn't have held the United States Championship that long. Even though, in my mind, he, you know, I feel like him holding United States Championship like that long is a good thing, in a way, because I feel like you can probably beat whosoever record he's going to go after, who has the longest, you, you know, reign as United States Champion, which I really don't know who that is. It's probably someone way, way, even way back before... Um, fucking, you know, Attitude Era days or Ruthless Aggression days. Maybe someone longer than that, man. I don't know. But, like, him just as the U- United States Championship is just not it no more. He needs something different. He needs something new. And they're just forcing theory upon us. It, just how they did, just how they forced um, Roman upon us all those years ago, man. They're forcing theory. They're doing the same shit and forcing theory upon us, and it does not look good for, for us at all. It doesn't. And I don't know when theory is going to stop becoming the United States champion or when they're going to start giving him a gimmick again. But till then, until they start giving him a new gimmick or until he drops the title, he's always going to suck. He's always going to be trash on the mic. He could probably deliver good in the ring. But until he does, until they improve three, a lot of things about this man, we're not going to take him serious. And it's just, it's just going to be, he's going to be mid for the rest of the t- his time in the WWE. Oh God, bro. I said my truth. So on everybody's mind, including my own, we're all wondering what's next for LA Knight. Cause he came up so short at the Money in the Make Men's Ladder Match in London. And we're all wondering, bro, what's next for this man? Is he going to be on TV a lot more? Is he going to have another feud with somebody? Is he going to win a title shot? Is he going to be in the title picture sometime soon? And 
like there's rumors around that he was supposed to have a a feud with Logan Paul. Um, I think at SummerSlam, but now they changed it to Logan Paul versus Ricochet, which I'm not mad about. Ricochet having a feud with um with with Logan Paul and being it on like a like a Summer on a SummerSlam, uh, sorry, a SummerSlam ple. I'm not mad about that because it's been, it's been a minute. This man had a feud that put that was that you know that went on to. Uh, you know, uh, another PLE, and I remember he was, you know, he was on WrestleMania, and we know his WrestleMania match that was pretty fucking well. That that was actually really good, honestly. And yeah, some other P, you know, PLE matches, and it, but there, you know, I feel like now his biggest PLE match would probably be this one, or one of his biggest PLE matches would be this one. Logan Paul, a sensation like himself. Like a the a very like a very big sensation like himself, um, Logan Paul versus you know the, the high flyer you know the high flyer of NXT and the main roster, Ricochet, and that match is gonna be good. But I wanted LA Knight and Logan Paul to do something because LA Knight on the mic would flame this nigga Logan Paul like he did before the match at Money in the Bank. I forgot what he said, bro, but that, <laughs> but he's like, this is L.A. Knight's game, and everybody say L.A. Knight, yeah! Like, I personally love L.A. Knight, bro. L.A. Knight was, is the biggest thing, a biggest blessing that happened to WWE, besides many other wrestlers, but L.A. Knight, bro, is a special somebody, bro, that I love dearly, man. And L.A. Knight just shows it through his promos, how he wrestles, everything, man. And L.A. like him from NXT coming up to the main roster. NXT him was fire. Main roster him has been had some highs, had a lot of lows, but he's doing okay. Like obviously his feud with Bray Wyatt, you already know how that was. That shit was fucking god dog damn awful. His uh, okay, his leading up to the match was really good. His execution of the match was terrible. So that's what made that entire storyline between Bray and, and Bray and LA Knight was mid. So that's that's what happened with that. And then he kept on losing matches. And then it switched from him from losing matches to not being on SmackDown for six months, five to six months straight. And then he qualified. For and no, not even called before the qualification. He had a little, you know, tag team match or a tag team, you know, companionship with Rick Boots. That was short lived after one night, and then after that, he qualified. And then he had a qualif- uh, qualified match versus Montez Ford, which, in my opinion, Montez Ford should have should have been in uh, in the Money in the Bank ladder match along with L.A. Knight. But you know, bygones be bygones, and L.A. Knight, you know. Became, you know, the most popular, most favorite, and then had a push from there. And we all thought that this man was going to win Money in the Bank. And he got, and it was short-lived. It was very, it was so close, but short-lived. And Damien Priest became Mr. Money in the Bank. And then we're back at, we're like, oh, shit, so what they're going to do now? So LA Knight has not won the Money in the Bank briefcase, so what do we do? Do we put him as that? Do we put him as this? Do we put him at, against Theory? Do we... Have him go on another crazy feud. Like, what do we do with it? And 
And we seen L.A. Knight just randomly, single-handedly took out all of Hit Row, which was weird to me. I'm like, okay, so is he going to have a feud with Hit Row? Is he going to have a feud with each, is, is he going to have a feud with each, like, each person on Hit Row? Like, what we doing here? Because right now, like, the best thing for him to do is go after that United States Championship and dethrone Theory for that United States Championship. And... Honestly, man, I wish in 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 a little bit of, in a little way, I really wish that they pulled L.A. Knight to become Money, Mr. Money in the Bank. But I I know why they did it because Damian Priest. And I already know, I already know the reason why Damian Priest is more desirable to win the Money in the Bank versus obviously L.A. Knight. But bygones be bygones with that. Um, I know there's a lot of people that salty, like heavy LA Knight fans are salty because their their man did not win Mr. Money in the Bank, so they're sad, they're mad about that. I'm like upset, but at the same time, I'm not too too upset like other people are with him not winning Mr. Money in the Bank or being Mr. Money in the Bank. Um, but LA Knight is a great specimen. Obviously, LA Knight, you know, can do wonder on the mic, can cut any promo that that's going to be good because it's going to be good regardless, especially if people's going to be backing behind him. So, and I honestly, like I said, with Austin Theory, not a good, you know, United States champion, L.A. Knight should be the one to dethrone Austin Theory. I'm telling you right now, Austin Theory should lose to L.A. Knight at the next, at the next pay-per-view or the next PLE. Because like I said with Theory, Theory's not that good at like he used to be. And I mean, I wouldn't say used to be. He's just not that good at all. Like, Theory is just not the guy at all. Like, he just, no. Because, like I said, with Theory, there's, he's barely doing anything, man. When it comes to, like, all of his, all the matches that he does, he, he, like, they're all, they're, they're all stale. They're all stale, like I said. Like I said earlier, he's feuding with only technically like one person at the moment. It used to be three, Bobby, Seth, and Sheamus. Now he's just feuding with Sheamus alone. And it's just rematch after rematch after rematch. And it's like, understand, like, you can, you're doing Sheamus. But you can probably do the entire Brawling Brutes crew. You can do Butch. You can do Rich. You don't have to do just Sheamus. You can do both of them besides, besides Sheamus. And on top of that, he's barely doing any new feuds with anybody. He's doing the same shit, cutting the same shit, wrestling the same way. Like, nothing is good about this man. And this is where L.A. Knight steps in. And you have him take the title off of Theory in a great match for the United States Championship. And you have him going against Grayson Waller. You have him going against Santos Escobar, Rey Mysterio. Like Cameron Grimes, Solo Sokoa, when the Bloodline storyline is done, Karen Cross, Montez Ford, Angelo Dawkins, Kerio Takazawa. Like, there's so much people you can defend this title to. You can even do this on Edge. You can do this on AJ Styles. You can do this on OC. You can do this against Bobby. Like, there's so much people you can, you can literally. You know, you can literally do this on, bro. There's so much new rivals, so much fresh new opponents you can do with L.A. Knight that you can't do on Theory. Like, shit, Bronson Reed, I forgot about that, dude. Like, there's so much new people you can have new feuds with, and it's going to be fresh. It's going to be new. 
people's going to like it. People's going to start thinking that the United States Championship looks great again. And, you know, the character, like the new person that carries it, like LA Knight, he looks good holding it. He cut good promos with it. Like everything with LA Knight you can do with that United States title, man. I swear to God. But until, until Theory drops that shit, man, I don't know what WWE has in mind with LA Knight, man. I really don't. Like, you can, he can, you can probably sign him up for King of the Ring next year and have him, or later on this year and have him, you know, do that. You can, like, you can do that shit. You can definitely do that shit. Like, there's, there's so much shit. Like, shit, imagine LA Knight, King of the Ring. Like, think about it. Him as King of the Ring, you know how super over this man would be if he won King of the Ring? Bruh. That shit would that shit would be crazy, bro. If he won King of the Ring, dude. Like imagine him as United States champion, right? And on top of that, he wins King of the Ring. You know how great this and this man would be? You know how over he would be from the crowd, man? You thought Dominic was hated, even though he's so over and hated by everyone. You thought that the Usos were over, bruh. You thought that Montez was over. You thought that every other person that you liked was over. Nah, 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 nah. LA Knight would be the most super over person, even above fucking Cody Rhodes, bro. Imagine you're su- super over to the point you're a mid-card champion, but you're super over more than fucking Cody Rhodes. You know how crazy that would be? Especially as L.A. Knight? Yeah. He would be super over to the point everybody would know this name. Everybody see L.A. Knight be like, yo, L.A. L.A. Knight. Yeah. Like, people would be doing his shit in public. People be doing this shit and recording it, putting it on TikTok or Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or whatever social media platform it is, bruh. L.A. Knight would be the biggest over person in the WWE as a fucking face, bruh. Over than any other face, including the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes. Including the workhorse Seth Rollins. Pull the trigger on L.A. Knight, man. Make him win the title, bruh. Because the only title this man has ever won was the million dollar title on NXT. And that was cool. That was great. But now this is L.A. Knight's time, bruh. This is L.A. Knight's time. Triple H, you're back there pulling the strings. Put this man in a, in a championship match, bruh, with Theory. And I guarantee Theory is going to lose this match, bruh. If you put up a match, if you put up a fight against L.A. Knight and put your United States title on the line, I swear L.A. Knight would win that match, have fresh feuds, that's how it would be better than ever, and this man, this is like a type of person we would like to hold. We would like to see him hold the United States Championship for a long time, more than theory. We don't care if he breaks the record, bro. If we don't care if he's breaking records like Gunther or fucking or or goddamn Roman, we don't give a fuck, bro. Just have him hold the title for a long fucking time. Don't have him lose it. Nothing like that. Basically, be like Gunther from fucking from front on on SmackDown, bro. Dominant. Like, babyface champion as United States champion. Shoot, have him break the United States championship record, and then he can drop it to whoever he wants to later on in the future. That's all you have to do with LA Knight, bro. 
LA Knight is already the most over person in the wrestling business right now, bruh. Like, and only time will tell, bruh, because LA Knight is a future world heavyweight champion, a future WWE champion, future undisputed universal champion. Like, we see all that in LA Knight, bruh. They, it's time for WWE to pull that motherfucking trigger. It's time for WWE to do what they have to do. And it's time for WWE to make that fucking move. Triple H, I see you, bruh. It's time for you to make that move, man. We are tired of waiting to see what you do with LA Knight. This is LA Knight's time, bruh. LA Knight's time. Don't, like, I'm like, I'm not sponsored by WWE by telling you this. I'm just telling you truthfully what I fucking feel like needs to happen. But I don't know what Triple H is doing back there. I understand you're probably mad at that fucking Vince McMahon changing shit about the P, you know, about not even PLEs, but about the shows and shit, which is pissed off. But what you're doing about LA Night, man? What you're doing about LA Night? It's not looking good right now on you, bruh. We love LA Night, bruh. LA Night loves us, bruh. He is the biggest over person right now on the WWE roster. So do what you gotta do and fucking make it happen. Do what you gotta do and make it happen. I, I can't say this right, because why? This is L.A. Knight's game, and this is L.A. Knight's time. And everybody say, L.A. Knight, yeah! So now, next one I do want to talk about is Raquel Rodriguez. So, we're doing a little tease about, uh, you know, obviously Raquel Rodriguez and her having a potential feud you know, with uh, Rhea Ripley in the near future. Because obviously, if you see on Monday Night Raw, you know, we've seen that shit between, you know, Rhea Ripley and Raquel Rodriguez. And we're like, yeah, this is the next feud for SmackDown. Has to be the next feud for SmackDown. I mean, not for SmackDown, but for, for SummerSlam. And in my opinion... I, and this is a hot take I'm going to take. This is a hot take for y'all. Raquel, Raquel Rodriguez should win the 2024 Royal Rumble. And I'm going to say for the game for the people in the back. Raquel Rodriguez should win the 2024 Royal Rumble. And in my opinion, bro, Raquel's a dominant women's wrestler, bro. She was, she was fucking dominant on NXT. She was dominant some a little bit on Raw and now on SmackDown, bruh. Or just well, it wasn't SmackDown, was on dominant on SmackDown, then on Raw. But she, you know, she she's after her NXT title run, she, you know, she's only been the ta- in the women's tag team spot for the rest of the time. Which is not bad. I'm not mad at it, but it's just she has a lot more to offer, bruh. And this is why I really feel like, you know, Raquel Rodriguez deserves to be you know, the winner of the 2024 Royal Rumble. So, obviously, we know that the 2020 Royal Rumble, 2024 Royal Rumble is far away. But, obviously, we'll be here before you know it. There are many options for potential winners regarding the Women's Royal Rumble match. According, in my opinion, I feel like Raquel Rodriguez is an early favorite to get their, uh, to get their hand raised at the end of the contest. Obviously, besides Liv Morgan and everybody else, she's one of the most popular. She's one of the popular superstars on the roster today, and obviously, she's you know she's currently with um, 
Obviously, Raquel Rodriguez is currently with Liv Morgan as, you know, the women's tag team titles. And in my opinion, I feel like Raquel Rodriguez is really a perfect candidate to, you know, to win one of the more popular matches in WWE history. So, we if we let, let's go back to NXT, bro, because obviously, like, every superstar on that roster, obviously, Raquel Rodriguez um, was on the NXT yellow, black, and gold brand. And obviously, she, I forgot when she made her debut. I really don't remember. But I remember um, she was on, she didn't get promoted to the main roster until, like, later on, um, later on, I think, 20, like, some sometime last year, she didn't get rid of onto the main roster. And I forgot how long she's been NXT for. Because I remember she was the, uh, a dominant NXT black and gold uh, women's champion because I remember at that time but when she was NXT women's champion um Asuka was uh Asuka was the Raw women's champion and Sasha Banks was the SmackDown women's champion and then after that they you know once Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair um held the gold for the first time for the women that kind of opened the doors for Raquel Liv, sorry, Raquel, Rhea, and Bianca. And in my opinion, people said that Raquel was mid. In my opinion, I don't think, you know, Raquel was mid. She was really good. I mean, yeah, she needed to work on a little bit stuff, a little bit more stuff, but she wasn't really mid. She was like a very dominant women's champion at that time. And I remember she went against Io Shirai before she changed her name to Io Sky. And... She had a many, many dominant, and I mean many, many dominant, um, dominant wins in uh, NXT, and she was a very, very dominant uh, superstar in NXT as well too. And she's, I, she was, I think at that time she was a heel. Either she was a babyface or she, I don't remember. I think she was like, I think she was a heel at that time. Um, and I, and before she became NXT champion, she dethroned. Io Shirai, because I remember at the one time, Io Shirai was the NXT champion, NXT women's champion, and then Raquel Rodriguez beat Io Shirai for the NXT women's title. So that happened, in my opinion, that was really good. That was a really good match um, for the NXT women's champion. And obviously, she, she, she she's a lot right now in WWE. She's a one-time NXT champion. She is a one-time Women's NXT Tag Team Champion, and she's a two-time, um, she's a two-time women's, uh, yeah, she's a two-times women ta- uh, tag team champion. One with, uh, Aaliyah, and another one with Liv Morgan. Well, I should say, like, three-time now, because, because Liv, Liv Morgan is two-time, Raquel is three-time, because, yeah, so yeah, she was, uh, Women's NXT, it's not not NXT tag team women's tag team champion. She was um, women's tag team champion with Aaliyah. Her first run, her second run before she had to relinquish the titles was with Liv. And again, when Liv got you know left injury, healed, and came back, she became women's tag team champion again. So now she's a three-time women's tag team champion instead of a two-time uh, women's tag team champion. And it's not that like it's not bad that she's in the women's tag team um 
in you know in the women's tag team like like area. It's not that I'm mad about that. It's mad that they're like un- underutilizing her, bro. Cause she's a dominant opponent, bro. She's a dominant champion, uh, especially if you give her like a world title, bro. Like a women's world title. Like she is crazy when it comes to that stuff. It's not like she's not really like person. It's just like her character right now is mid because she she's holding she's holding you know the one of the suckiest titles in the you know in the in the fucking industry right now in WWE industry which is the women's tag team titles not really good titles you feel me and in in my mind i really want i really want like uh rodriguez to go back to how she was in NXT not go back to NXT and revamp herself but more like go back to that persona how she was when she was the NXT women's championship at that time and to have that same like fiery ability but carried over and shifted over to uh, Monday Night Raw, and, like, it, this is why I feel like why she deserves to win, like, historically, the winner of the Royal Rumble gets opportunity at WrestleMania, obviously, previously, you know, like I said, she was NXT Women's Champion, and she was Women's, um, a Women's Tag Team Champion, right, but, obviously, at that time, before now, like, obviously, a lot of her title reigns should be more expected, like, more hype than usual, because everybody thought, like, she's, she's basically, like, the tallest, she's, like, tallest, she's the tallest woman on the roster, and she's, like, the biggest threat on the roster, because, obviously, if you go back to one of her matches when it was the Elimination Chamber, um, in Saudi Arabia, uh, in that match, she was the biggest opponent, she was, she was the biggest threat, the biggest opponent in that match, she had to do everything in her power to, to, like, literally eliminate her, Early on in that match, and and I'm talking and going looking towards uh I think also elimination chamber I uh 2022 she was also the biggest opponent in that she was also the biggest opponent in that match so they had to get her out quick or else you know wasn't really the end for her like she she was basically going to be like Bronson Reed at elimination chamber this like earlier this year when he's the biggest threat and he's the hardest person to you know. To eliminate in that time, so I, I, me personally, I feel like Rodriguez, um, you know, she can get another world with like a women's world title shot because she deserves it. She, she has, she's long overdue for women's world title shot. Like, oh god, like, like I said, her, her run, her run, um, could you know could live up to more patience. And I obviously I feel like it's the poor booking with Raquel Rodriguez as well too. Like she's booked, but she's not heavily booked as usual because she was supposed to be in that uh, in that women's money uh, money in the bank ladder match. She was and did not happen because Becky Lynch cost uh, Raquel Rodriguez that spot, and she was supposed to win that match, and it never happened. And I I don't know, man. Her I I would like to see her to see in that in that type of simulation match how crazy she would be in a women's ladder match for like the Money in the Bank uh, briefcase because I feel like her would shit that shit would be crazy as hell, man. Like in in my opinion, bro, Raquel Rodriguez has proven over the years why she deserves to become women's like you know women's world champion or. Um, WWE Women's Champion. Like, she deserves either of those titles. She deserves them. She's worked her ass off for them. 
Raquel Rodriguez is like the like I said, the biggest threat in the women's division right now. So when it comes with the biggest threat, you gotta take out the biggest target. Like it, and it's Raquel Rodriguez. Doesn't matter what match she's in, you gotta take her out. Because she's the biggest opponent in this shit. Doesn't matter if she's women's women's tag team champion, NXT women's tag team champion, NXT women's champion, like you know, world women's world heavyweight champion, uh WWE women's champion, doesn't matter. She's the biggest threat. On the women's roster. And it's going to be hard to take this girl out without so much people running up on her and just trying to take her out at once. Which, obviously, it takes a lot of moves to take down a giant like Rhea, like, not Rhea, but to take down a giant like Raquel Rodriguez. The woman's massive. She's huge as hell. And, like I said, like, with Raquel Rodriguez, I love her to death. I love her character. I love how she is in the ring. I love how she is in the mic. She proves herself. And like every single week, every single day, day in, day out, like with training, with everything, she deserves it, bro. And obviously, a win like that at the Royal Rumble could lead her to a title shot. Obviously, yet, because we don't know what's going to happen. You know, it's hard to see, you know, the option for upcoming WrestleMania 40 later on next year, even as it's like very so far away. But however, it's easy to say. It's easy to see with Ripley holding the belt until then because, you know, she's right now, she's past 100 days as the, uh, the, the women's world champion right now. And she's barely defended that title, like, maybe, like, what, twice? Like, and they're both, both of them was against Natalia. So, and her first, her first one with Natalia was, obviously, she destroyed her completely. And her second one with Natalia was better than the last one. It did a lot better. It was a, she was a little bit eh in the ring. But the match was solidly pretty good. So, obviously, like, therefore, there is a history between uh, Rhea Ripley and um, Raquel Rodriguez dating back all the way up to NXT, from NXT. And obviously, it could be a very exciting match for the grandest stage of them all. And I, like I said, I love Raquel Rodriguez. Like, I've loved her since NXT days, man. She's been a dominant NXT champion for a very long time. It's just how WWE doesn't really book them properly to the point, you know, she's always ending up as a world, you know, a women's world champion. And it's not that that doesn't bother me. It's just more like... You know, I want you, I want WWE to push her more because she's a dominant women's, like, she's been a dominant women's champion in the past and she has the skills to become a world women's champion again or a women's or, you know, a women's champion again. Like, I want to see that from Raquel. I want to see Triple H booking them properly. I want to see, I want to see Raquel in Money in the Bank ladder matches. I want to see... Or try to win the Royal Rumble. I want to see that stuff happening because once she deserves it, she's been the double. She hasn't really been the WWE for too long, but she she deserves it. She one hundred percent deserves you know something like that. And the, you know, and I remember her last opponent was um, I think Mandy Rose, and then Mandy Rose took the title off of her. So. Like I said, it's it's been a it's been a minute, man. It's it's been a minute since we've seen like a dominant reign from Raquel Rodriguez like that, and then everything else has been like a couple days, maybe like a couple weeks, as you know, the women's tag team champion. And like I said, time will only tell, man. Time will only tell with Ra- Raquel Rodriguez. So I hope WWE will do do the do her right 
and book her right because she deserves it. She 100% deserves it later on in the future. She does. Please, WWE, do the right thing and book Raquel Rodriguez to win the 2024 Women's Royal Rumble. All right, now on to the bloodline portion of things. So this past July 7th, last week Friday, was Tribal Court of the Tribal Chief. And tribal Court of the Tribal Chief was fire. Was fire. Obviously, they, they exposed, they exposed um, Roman about who he was becoming, on who he was, on how he like he was treating the Usos, how he was treating Solo, the wise man, and he's basically cap. And then the Roman was capping about like, oh, like I, I was supposed to be this person, I was made into this person for a reason. And then the Usos showed, um, showed everything about how he treated like Jimmy, how he treated Jay, how he treated Solo, how he treated Paul Heyman. How, like, he basically super Superman punched Paul Heyman, fired him. Like, basically all the signs of him being a bad uncle, being a bad cousin, tribal chief, everything like that. How he's treating their little brother Solo. And it, just, it, was being, it was getting better and better and better and better. And then, every, and then we just see him like, yo, I had to become the tribal chief, bro. I had to become the tribal chief. It was my, I, there was no other way for me to do it because I was molding me. I was molding the tribal chief for you. And it's like, and basically he was crying and bawling out his eyes out. He was like, I'm done, bro. I don't want to do it no more. I'm, I'm done. And like, it, it, he fooled us completely well. He fooled us so well to all us to make us all think that he was not going to be the tribal chief anymore. He was like, I'm done with it, bruh. And he gave, he said, he gave him a thing. I, I, I don't know what the necklace is called. I know someone's going to help me out and, you know, and tell me what the necklace is called. But he gave him that, you know, that, that necklace and put it over Jay's head. And he threw away, he threw the undisputed universal title belt to the side. Paul and Payman was looking at him in shock. Solo still had his arm folded, but he was like, all right, whatever. And then, <laughs> and he literally got down on his knee. And was crying his eyes out, bruh. Crying his eyes out. Real tears, man. And then you could all see Jay feeling sorry for Roman, bruh. But even though Roman had to, like, you know, Roman had to do what he had to do. And then when he got on both knees, I'm like, wait a minute. This is not like a regular, you know, you're the tribal chief now. This is not like a bow. Like, where a knight bows on one knee and be like, all right, we, like, I respect you. I salute you. Nah, he had both knees. He had he was on both knees for a reason. Pause. But <laughs> he was on both knees for a reason and gave this man a low blow. Low blow when Jay hit Roman with the low blow at, at Money in the Bank. And like, oh man, I was like, I knew this was good too. I knew this was too good to be true. Hit Jimmy, sorry, hit Jay with a low blow. Obviously, Roman's laughing in a way, like mad, but also laughing, and also a little bit simp, like being a little bit sympathetic for for Jay, but not at the same time. And then after that, Jimmy said, "Bro, this is BS," and then start going after Roman, literally punching and kicking Roman. Solo came out of nowhere, gave this man Samoan Spike. Then obviously, obviously, uh, Roman took over, hit Jay, sorry, hit Jimmy with the steel steps. Obviously, then they had Jay tied up in the bottom of the rope. Have Solo having forced, like forcing uh Jay to look at his brother getting completely like destroyed and dominated. And then Solo did 
what he should have done at um at Money in the Bank and put and put Jimmy through a table and written him off of TV for who knows how long. We got enough to SummerSlam or maybe a little bit after SummerSlam, and then and then after that we cut to we cut to basically um yeah we cut to Jimmy getting wheeled out on a stretcher with Jay right beside him going to the ambulance. And I'm like, bruh, they literally, this is how they did Jay, bro. But at the same time, no, not Jay, this is how they did Jimmy. But at the same time, it's coming all, this is all coming back in full circle. Because before, before it was like main event Jay, before, you know, Jay had two main event matches with Roman, one on Night of Champions and one on, um, one on Hell in the Cell back in 2020 when it was uh, Thunderdome. Jimmy was out for nearly a year, or if not a year, because of neck injuries. And he was out for that amount of time. And then that's when, obviously, Jay had two main event matches with his cousin, Roman Reigns, for the Universal title at that time. And, obviously, he lost both of them, but it's basically, it's doing a whole 360 on that, on the beginning of their storyline, the beginning of Roman Reigns and Jay Uso. And... I'm glad that I'm glad that WWE is doing that in it in breath. The bloodline is like the hottest thing right now, bro. And I mean, it is the hottest thing right now in WWE, bro. Like people think, oh, it got boring. It got this, bro. It got that, bro. Like the bloodline is the best thing, the best storyline of all time, bro. The best storyline of all time in WWE history, bro. Like it, it the tribal court went so good. I thought it was gonna be a five star segment, bro. It was, it was very up there. It was close, man. And maybe it was missing like one or two things, but it was like a five star segment, man. Like hundred percent, bro. I really liked it, man. It was so, it was so well put together that it literally nearly took half of SmackDown. SmackDown's a two hour show. It was nearly an hour long, bro. Kind of like obviously tying in. You know the whole you know Jay Uso jumping Roman and Solo at the end of the at the end of the uh, show and the Tribal Court, bro. That took that was to put it together. That was literally almost an hour, bro. An hour of SmackDown just off the Bloodline storyline alone, alone, man. It's literally insane, but bro, like the Bloodline is obviously the top. Is the top and the best storyline. But obviously, you know, they definitely need to give others, like, some decent time to take their programs to where they need to go. It Obviously, it doesn't really need to be bloodline, bloodline, bloodline all the time. Because there's obviously other storylines around SmackDown that, you know, that's already being, that's being told already, too. Like, the whole thing, Austin Theory, you know, what what's next for him, and... Everybody else on that on on that list on that card, and you know the whole thing with the women's division with Oscar. Uh, uh, sorry, with Oscar Eo Sky being the money the Mrs. Money in the Bank uh, briefcase holder, Bianca Belair and Charlotte Flair. So I understand what you know they want more you know more people you know being involved in SmackDown than just you know the Usos you know Solo Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns. It's understandable you know. But people, but you got, but you can't be mad because the bloodline 
the bloodline is the best thing happening on SmackDown right now. Obviously, besides, you know, somewhat of the women's division as well, too. But that's that's the only thing carrying, you know, SmackDown. And it's making SmackDown look good. Like, really, really good. And plus, you also got to remember, man. You, you also got to remember, like, you can appreciate WWE attempting to weave a storyline throughout the show of SmackDown. But you also... I also realized... I also realized that SmackDown is like a liability to Fox. It's not really, you know, it's not really an asset. Like, WWE doesn't, like, obviously Fox doesn't need SmackDown. And SmackDown doesn't need Fox. Like, SmackDown is like the bigger company out of, out of both Raw and SmackDown and NXT. Like, SmackDown is the biggest company out of, you know, out of everybody else. Like, or one of the, like... One of the biggest companies besides everybody else. Um, sorry, not biggest companies, but biggest show out of everybody else. It's not like depending where like USA needs Monday Night Raw to succeed. Like, nah. Raw doesn't need USA, but USA needs Monday Night Raw. So it seems like... Like, it seems to be like a little more effort to bring like more eyes to SmackDown. Because SmackDown is obviously the best show... Uh, better out of all the three. Obviously, it goes for me. For my opinion, it goes to SmackDown, NXT, then Raw. Because Raw is like Raw is like a hit or miss from time to like a lot of times. When SmackDown, it's like a lot of hits and maybe a little bit of misses from here and there. But it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of hits when it comes to SmackDown more than just Raw. And that's why usually SmackDown is usually the bigger show out of all th- out of all three of them. So, like. Even though they were discussing about SmackDown becoming a three-hour, you know, a three-hour TV show, just like Raw, I know some people are on the verge of be like, "Nah, it doesn't really need to be a three-hour show because it's it's good with two hours alone." But stuff like the Bloodline storyline, it technically kind of needs to be, in my opinion, three hours because obviously more time for the Bloodline and maybe or maybe like the rest of like hour, hour and a half for like everything else. And you, there you go. You, you set up for, like, SmackDown to be, like, a great pay-per-view. Like, not a great pay-per-view, but, like, a great televised TV show on, like, your cable and your streaming platforms. And, you know, that will help out, you know, SmackDown with the storyline part of things to try to get everybody, you know, fit in that time frame. Because, obviously, you got segments from everybody. You got, you got segments from... The bloodline, like I say, you got segments from Theory. You got matches between, you know, random people, McCard, like all that type of stuff. You gotta remember all that stuff. <laughs> obviously, I like, obviously, I like, um, I like SmackDown how it is. But sometimes, you know, people, you know, the SmackDown like television card can't really get to everybody, and they gotta postpone and move it to a different, you know, show or a different date. Because they couldn't get it on this specific day like they wanted to. So they have to move it to like a different day or a different month to get, you know, to make, you know, for, for it to get that type of show or for it to get that type of audience. I'm not really mad at that type of way. I'm just saying like, it, it's a good, it's like a 50-50. It's a good, it's a good thing you can extend it for other people so they can help, you know, a lot other, you know, wrestlers get their name out there. Like, either people that are known a lot and want to just be on TV or, you know, they're barely known and they're somewhat known, but they want to get more people to go behind them and be back behind them, which is understandable. And I like that, but it's hard because you want, like, people want, like, you, like, 
SmackDown, somewhat of SmackDown, wants to be extended to three hours to help, you know, that type of stuff. The segments, the, you know, longer wrestling matches and all that type of stuff. But you, but people also want to keep it at two hours because if you ruin three hours, like, you know, the three hours over time with Raw, with Monday Night Raw has kind of affected Raw because Raw is more commercials and less show, which is understandable. When SmackDown, it's like, it's like 50-50. It's like 50% of shows, like 50% of matches, and like 50% of commercials. It's like 50-50. It's not like taking away, but it's not adding anything to it either. So... Like, that's why people like the two hours as well, too. Plus, people that do, like, also do the two hours can have other time to do other stuff. Like, other stuff, like, other matches they want to, like, not other matches, but other, like, shows they want to catch up with. Other stuff they want to watch when Smack Friday Night Smackdown is done. And, like, I understand what they're coming from with that point. But it's, like I said, it's a 50-50 thing, man. You, it's either a good thing or it's either a bad thing. And in my, in my advice, in my thing, I feel like, I really feel like, you know, it's a, it's a, in a, some way it's a good thing, but also some way it's a bad thing. So, like, should, was, in my opinion, was the tribal card too long on SmackDown? No, it wasn't really too long. But you gotta admit, it's like, that's like the best story that's carrying SmackDown at the moment. The Bloodline is, is, is a three plus year storyline in the making, man. Going back all the way to, you know, Thunderdome of 2020, man, when Jay Uso was, sorry, when Jimmy Uso was still out, Jay Uso stepped up, become main event, Jay Uso had two back-to-back main events with Roman Reigns for the Universal title, one, one, like, obviously, you know, Universal title match, the first one, second match was a Universal title match in the Hell in a Cell, and it was an I Quit match, it was two stipulations in one fucking match, so... You know, that was crazy as hell. And, you know, like I said, man, the entire pay, like the entire show can't just be run on two hours. They don't really, like, yes, like I said, it shouldn't be a three-hour show because we want more show and less commercials. From a marketing standpoint, obviously WWE money-wise... So more money brings in more viewers. More viewers brings in more people that will tune in WWE. The more people that tune in WWE, their ratings skyrockets. Their ratings will skyrocket. So I mean, it just depends on what WWE does with you know with SmackDown, how they go go through with SmackDown. You know, the rest of the time the Bloodline is still around because the Bloodline technically is probably going to end somewhere like around WrestleMania 40 of next year. So. And then the bloodline will be completely done. Like, I mean, completely, completely done. And, you know, that's that's where we start with the bloodline. So, until then, until then, they keep it until two hours unless you see a need for it to bring it to three hours. But if there's no need to bring it to three hours, then, I, in my, like I said, I don't, think, I don't think SmackDown, I don't think the bloodline was doing too much of taking over the, you know, you know, just half of the show alone and have the other hour to, like, other matches. Like, no, that's that's just me. That's just 100% me. But the last one I want to talk about is Jay Uso, the guy to take Roman's title from him. And let's think about it. Let's, let's dissect again. Like I said, you know, two, like, obviously, Jay Uso had 
two times to take his titles in the past in the Thunder Dome era. Hell in a Cell and Night of Champions. Or, well, it, it, not Clash of Champions. My bad. And, obviously, he lost both times. One with Jimmy throwing the towel to end the match. And one with, you know, Jay saying I quit to Roman because Roman had Jimmy's neck in a guillotine and choking him out. So, that was his, you know, only, you know, his only two times. And after that, you know, it was good for the time being. And then it went downhill right after the, you know, Usos lost tag team titles. So, and now we're running it back. Obviously, Roman comes out again. He basically, his famous line, acknowledge me. But, like, Jey Uso comes, comes out, but through the crowd this time, jumps over the barricade, basically beating up Solo, beating up Solo, takes a chair to Roman, hits Roman with the chair. Sorry, hits Roman in the, in the chest with the, with the chair, then hits Roman with the top of the chair. Looks like he was about to hit him in the, in the head with the chair. Solo comes in, then Jay super kicks Solo, and then Jay also just goes ham on Solo Sokoa, just built that all that built up rage and aggression, just channeling it through the chair and into Solo Sokoa's back, his baby brother's back, and then picks up the universe, sorry, picks up the undisputed universal title, gets on the mic, and said, "Bro, you you took out, you literally took out my brother Jay. Sorry, you took out my brother Jimmy." This fool literally took out my brother, Jimmy. And he's like, I am the judge, the jury, and the executor right now. And now, I got to get you. And now he basically, and now he basically said, accept my challenge so I can whoop, so I can whoop your ass one more time. And now, Jay Uso has challenged Roman Reigns for the undisputed Universal Championship. At SummerSlam, he didn't really, he didn't officially say SummerSlam, but we all know that's gonna be the main event match for SummerSlam. So obviously, Jay also said he doesn't give get them about no bloodline, no brothers, just me and you, one one, one more time, whoop his ass one more time, and Jay Uso is is in it, bro. He's like fuck, he's like fuck you, Roman. Fuck you, Paul. Fuck you, Solo. I don't care about family. You have injured my brother Jimmy, bro. You have injured my brother Jimmy. Now I'm gonna put you where it really hurts. Them titles, and maybe put you through a table or a couple of them, or chairs and ladders and whatever else he can find to knock you out. And obviously, we all know that Jay is not gonna win this match. We know he's gonna put up a hell of a fight to win to try to win, but we all know, you know. Jay will not win this match. He just won't. And I can say this. When it comes to this, when he's going against his own cousin, his own family, obviously I can't see Roman losing here. I'm obviously sure there's going to be some sort of swerve. Like Solo comes in and looks like he was going to like hit like Jay Uso then hesitates. And then, you know, he hesitates and probably does something like step out of the ring or he um, basically looks at Roman and looks at Jay and does something undespicable. Something along those lines is that. But, and then he hesitates and then he basically hits Jay. But he takes forever to hesitate and, you know, actually hit his own brother with a Samoan spike or with a chair or something like that. And, but I, I, feel, I still get 
the nagging feeling that for some reason, like a lot of people think that Jimmy's gonna cost um, Jay at you know the title at some point. Like Jay's gonna probably you know come back. Um, he's gonna be clear to wrestle, then come back, help Jay probably win. Then Jay's gonna like do some, try to do something crazy, and then either um, Roman is in the line to where he's gonna get hit. And then Roman moves out the way, and then Jay hits Jimmy, and he falls on the ground, and then um, Roman hits him with a uh, Superman punch or their spear, and he rolls him up for the one, two, and three, and retains the title. So he says that whether whether uh, it's for Roman or not, just feel like the Usos have done all they possibly could as a tag team, and at this point Jay has developed so much as a single star. It's kind of a waste to see him just go back to the tag team division and do the same old, same old. Can't remember which, you know, which twins said it, but it's their dream to face each other at WrestleMania. So, obviously, from when I saw that comment, he, um, basically, at one point, Jay did say he wanted to wrestle, um, you know, Jimmy... You know, Jimmy in a one-on-one match before the career is done, which that's probably gonna happen way later down. I mean, way, way later down the road when obviously the whole bloodline ordeal is sorted and done with. But obviously, yes, you know, at the SummerSlam match, if Jimmy, if Jimmy doesn't come back and cause Jay, you know, Jay the match, it's probably gonna be Solo that's gonna cause Jay the match. But he's gonna hesitate to cause Jay the match and. Then we look at some, you know, we go, we gonna look at some, you know, some weird tension between Solo Sokoa and Roman Reigns, and then Roman Reigns is gonna put all his anger out on Solo Sokoa. So the point Solo Sokoa is gonna snap on him, but it's not gonna be any time. It's probably gonna be sometime way later on, and then that's gonna happen. But right now, like I don't, I what I, I don't really want Jay Uso to go back as a tag team champ, like a tag team, you know. Competitor because he's been doing tag team since he first got to the WWE in the first place. But you know it's main event Jay Uso, but I, and I do want to see this man pushed for like you know a singles goal like United States title or WWE sorry not, or a Intercontinental title like something along the lines of that. I mean, what I say main event Jay Uso is ready for a World Tag Team Championship or World Tag Team titles. Yes, I feel like he is. But it's just the way they they probably they need to book him for that to happen. Like plus the bloodline segment on SmackDown is fire. The storyline that is playing out between the bloodline is the best thing going right now. Roman's not the um Roman's not the on, uh not the only only one that took his career to the next level, but also the Usos and Solo's career to the next level too. Jay Uso ending the show holding the universal title that um that you know that they were waiting upon and to show up which you know i really liked when jay literally came out and held the title and literally grabbed the mic and basically laid down a challenge for roman reigns to be like accept my challenge at SummerSlam." and i feel like if they need to go all out again i they definitely need to do a crazy stipulation man they need to because if you're gonna do if you're gonna go into war with you know with with Roman Reigns, you're gonna have to do a stipulation, man. And I mean, I mean, yes, you can, 
not do one, and then the ref is gonna fall out again out the ring, like he always does with Roman matches, and Solo's gonna interrupt. Or, and I mean, or you can have like a crazy stipulation and then do it that way. Um, because I remember that Hell in a Cell match when it was like their second main event, well, Jay's second main event match. Uh, that was woof. That was a crazy main event match, man. It held itself when it was him versus Roman for the universal title inside the hell of a inside the hell of a cell. But it was also an I quit match on top of that, Bruh. It was two stipulations in one, and that match was intense, intense. It was so crazy. We thought that Jay Uso was dead. Like Roman literally made this man look like a mannequin. To the point this man was not moving like that, man. He did everything in his power to basically make Jay go to a hospital. Into a hospital. Mm, like, thinking about it now, like, I don't know if they're going to do a stipulation or not. I really don't. But it's just going to get crazier and crazier from here on out, man. Because Jay Uso is crazy on the mic. Jay Uso was crazy in the ring, man. And Jay, I feel like Jay can be that main event spot. He can be, he can be like universal champion or world heavyweight champion. But I don't think now it's not really the time. I feel like when Roman is gone away out of the WWE, like he loses the title for good and try, and then you know tries to get it back but doesn't, you know that type of deal. Then I feel like that's when you can push Jay to become like, you know, hold actually world championship gold. Because him with Roman, him and him and Roman are solid. They're solid. Also with Jay without titles, him with the back to the crazy main event Jay Uso that we all known and love from like Thunderdome days. Like it's only right for the Jay to push Jay when Roman is gone out of the WWE completely. Cause I don't, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if Roman can't get a title a title. Well, if he does get a title shot again, he can't win it back again. There's no way that that's going to happen. He's not going to win it again. No. So, me personally, I definitely feel like Jay is not going to win. But he's going to seriously try to beat Roman. I know that for sure. Jay is not definitely not going to win. He's going to get interfered somehow, some way. Either by Solo or Jimmy coming back and trying to help him. And then he fails. Or Roman's going to, like, obviously do everything he can to make sure he can't move again. And then after that, he's going to just hit him with a spear. One, two, three, matches over. So, leading up to SummerSlam, man, Jay, Roman, this match is going to be crazy. And I mean, this match is going to be super ridiculously crazy, man. And like I said, they're probably not going to add no stipulations to this match whatsoever. But I'm I'm happy with the direction that they're going with the bloodline. I'm happy that Jay's having like one more match with Roman. Roman versus Us like versus Jay Uso part three. And man, it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time when Roman Reigns drops the title. It's only a matter of time when Solskoa betrays Roman Reigns. It's only a matter of time when, you know, he has nobody around his corner, including Paul Heyman when he gets to that point. And I'm excited, and I'm looking forward to, you know, the upcoming weeks on SmackDown and the upcoming PLE um, SummerSlam. 
But that's it for today's episode, y'all. Hope everybody, you know, enjoyed my set, like my topics that I talked about today. Hope uh, everybody has a great, uh, great day today. Hope everybody's enjoying themselves. Um, like I said, man, like, m- like, twenty twenty three of wrestling, man, is a crazy goddamn year right now. Twenty two was crazy, but twenty twenty three is a lot crazier than last year. I can tell you that right now, man. This year's this year's PLEs, this year's segments, the storyline, the bloodline storyline to be exact. Everything about wrestling right now is crazy in WWE, and I cannot wait for next year's and the years after that to come, and the years after that to come, because, man, all, all my favorite wrestlers, including the Usos and Romans and Solo Sokoa, are doing it big right now, man, and I mean huge, bro, huge. So we only it's a matter of time for what they have in store for us, you know, later on down the line, or what Vince got cooking in the back and... and with everybody that we all know and loved in you know right now in wrestling, bruh. So keep your head up, Vince. I mean, keep your head up, Triple H, and you know keep on doing what you're doing, bruh. Cause you making us proud right now. You are, bruh. But this your boy Antoine TV Two, the host of Organized Mess. You can follow me across all social medias, Antoine TV Two across YouTube and you know across Instagram, Facebook, all that type of stuff. You can follow my podcast channel organized mess on youtube and across all social medias facebook twitter instagram so it's your boy it's your boy antoine tv too have a good day y'all deuces and peace out